I think Laddie Schmidt is hungry like the wolf right now, heading out to get some pizza after that talk. Uh, <laughs> time now for the pigskin report by Mr. Lube. Uh, stop in now for an oil change. No appointment necessary. Be winter ready at one of their nine Edmonton locations, Mr. Lube. Dot com as we welcome in Blair Kirkhoff from the Kansas City Star. Uh, Blair, welcome to the show. How are things going in KC today? Hey, it's all good. Uh, a little Thursday night football coming up against the Denver Broncos and a little bit of tale of two teams going <laughs> in different directions. Oh, for sure, for sure. Um, not many people are giving Kansas City uh, much of a, uh, like they're just totally on Kansas City side. Not much, many people giving Denver much of a chance in, chance in this one. Uh, how, how, what's the feeling down there in that sense? You know, um, yeah, you know, on the short week, you, know, you try to um, get in your, your chatter about the game as, as much as you can. And, 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 and listen, the, the Chiefs have a 15-game winning streak over the Broncos. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, it's been a, it's, you know, it's a reflection of the fortunes of both organizations. The last time Denver beat Kansas City was in 2015. Peyton Manning was the Broncos quarterback, and Denver went on to win Super Bowl 50 that year. So, you know, who, who knew at the time that Denver had its last victory over the Chiefs? Since then, you know, 15 straight wins for the Chiefs. Chiefs have played in three Super Bowls, one, two. Broncos haven't even been to the playoffs in that time, and um, and so Kansas City is, is riding high in the series. They feel good about where they are right now. They're a big favorite tonight. Ten and a half uh, is where the last mm-hmm. last I saw it. So there's there's confidence uh, on on the side of the team going into this game, but but um, both games last year were close. They were one score game. There's something about the Chiefs that brings out the best in Denver. Mm. It's uh, you know, a, a, you know, at least good effort by the Broncos, and I wouldn't be surprised to see that tonight. Blair Kirkhoff from the Kansas City Stars, our guest on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. What's the status of uh, Travis Kelsey tonight? Looks like he's a go? Yeah, I think he's going to play. They, they had him listed as questionable yesterday, the final injury report, along with two others. And that was a little surprising. I, Andy Reid had given him not the not a clean bill of health, but enough of a suggestion that you know on a day before on Tuesday that Kelsey would play. Well, now we're all going to head out to the stadium in a few hours to see what warmups look like and see if he's you know see if he's out there warming up with the offense. So I think he's going to play. He played on a bad ankle last week and had his best game of the season. Had 10 receptions and a, and a touchdown catch. So I, I think he's a gamer. In, in, in a perfect world, he take the week off and, and be ready for a game against the L.A. Chargers the following week. But, um, gotta, you know, he, he's, he's not a player that's missed a lot of games over the years. He missed the opener this year because of a kind of a freak knee injury two days before the opener. And, he missed one game because of the COVID protocols back in 2020, and that's been it pretty much for his career. He's, he's always he's always showed up, so I expect we'll see him play tonight. Blair Kirkhoff for the Kansas City Star is our guest uh, this morning. Um, what's it like to watch and cover Patrick Mahomes on a, a daily basis and how he handles um, everything, the media, I mean, uh, being the, the face of not only the franchise, but one in the league. What's it been like for you to do that? I'll tell you what, it's, um, 
you, you won't find a, a more humble, great player than Patrick Mahomes. He, he, he handles everything as well as it can be handled. I, listen, I, I know um, uh, he, he's, he's, he's about on every commercial these days uh, down here. He, uh, there, there, isn't a, there isn't a product he doesn't seem to endorse. And I imagine the, the, the national, maybe the international perspective of him uh, is, you know, maybe we're getting a little tired of seeing Patrick Mahomes all the time. But I'll tell you, his public appearances, his media gatherings, those types of things, he is, he is ideal, just ideal. Uh, and compare that to, you know, Aaron Rodgers, the Jets quarterback, you know, who's out for the season with his, his ACL, who earlier this week, you know, kind of in, in a, you know, in, in a lighthearted moment, challenged Travis Kelsey to a, to a vaccine debate. I, <laughs> you know, I, I, whether, however you feel about it, it's, you know, here's, well, Patrick Mahomes kind of doing and saying all the all the things that that endear him to to fans, and, and on the other hand, you've got a, a quarterback who you know kind of wades into a, a bit of a controversial uh, um, you know, subject, and, and, and is even playing right now. So I don't know. The guy wins, and he and he performs well, and he is everything the Chiefs want him to be, and uh, and even more. Uh, we're guesting with Blair Kirkhoff from the Kansas City Star. Has has uh, Isaiah Pacheco surprised you at all this year, or is it just the fact that he's just taken a little while to kind of you know get the wheels rolling? Well, it did take a little while. The surprise actually came a year ago when he was a seventh round draft pick and ended up leading the team in rushing and showed a you know a, a toughness and an ability that I. Nobody, maybe outside of his, his college records, knew he had. He was, you know, he was fantastic, and, mm-hmm. and scored a touchdown in the Super Bowl. Got off to a little bit slow start, as did all of the uh, the rushing offense for the Chiefs this year. But ends up uh, two weeks ago with a hundred yard rushing game against the Jets, and followed that up with a decent game uh, against the Minnesota Vikings. And now tonight goes against the Broncos. Rushing defense has just been terrible this year. Allowed 172 yards to Brees Hall last week uh, against the Jets. So I'm, I'm looking for Pacheco to have a pretty nice, uh, a productive night tonight, especially if it's a, supposed to be a windy uh, day hmm. here, windy evening. It might affect uh, passing offense. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's off Pacheco. I have Right. Well, yeah, I mean that the Denver run defense is just abysmal. It's, it's hard. Terrible. It's hard to explain how bad it is. But um, and they just, you know, the the Chiefs kind of keep hitting on these, you know, offensive draft picks. I mean, Rasheed Rice is off to a pretty good start here. Can you touch on him? He sure is. Quite a touchdown pass last week uh, up in Minnesota. Um, he was a guy drafted in the second round, and the Chiefs were. They were in the market for a wide receiver. They had lost Juju Smith-Schuster, their, their leading wide receiver uh, last year, uh, lost uh, McCole Hardman, who had been a mainstay for them, a little speedster wide receiver, and lost him in free agency. So they were in the market for for that position, picked Rushy Rice out of SMU in the second round. And, you know, because he didn't play at a, at a, at a Power 5 school, he wasn't out of the SEC or the Big 12 or Big 10, we didn't know much about him, um, but he has proven to be—he's a, he's a, he's a good-sized, physical 
wide receiver who um, you know had a little bit of a his, has had a little bit of a drop problem this year. He's dropped two or three passes, um, but didn't on Sunday and played a, a terrific game. Uh, and, and like I said, caught the caught the touchdown pass. I think he's going to end up being the most productive wide receiver among the Chiefs this year. On they've got a group of guys that are you know they're. they're not Pro Bowl caliber wide receivers, all solid players, but not Pro Bowl Pro Bowl caliber. I think Rashi Rice may end up being the best of the, of the bunch by the end of the year. Has Kadarius Tony kind of turned the corner after what happened in Week One? Well, he's you know you never know with his health. He, he's a injury prone player that um, you know that is, is pretty pretty talented guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got the speed. He is um, you know, he's the guy that returned the punt 65 yards in the Super Bowl last year to set up a you know, big touchdown for the Chiefs. He's, he's talented, but he, he's, you know, he, he's just kind of, from, from a, an availability standpoint, you never know what you get with Tony. Now, he's okay now. Caught a couple of passes uh, this weekend, and I, I suspect we'll, we'll, you know, when he's healthy, he gets used, and he's good for two or three receptions a game, and it's probably as much a threat of a, of, a, of a home run player as the Chiefs have, we just haven't seen him much because of his inconsistent ability, availability. Blair Kirkhoff from the Kansas City Star is our guest on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Um, when Chris Jones uh, returned from his uh, contract squabble, did that kind of uh, did, did everything sort of turn around at that point in the sense that the defense had their number one guy back? Uh, what's your take on that? Yeah, it did because uh, you know, without Chris Jones, who watched the opener from a suite at Arrowhead Stadium, of course, the, that was against the Detroit Lions, and the Chiefs lost that game. Uh, Jones ended his holdout days later, has been in the lineup ever since, gradually increasing his snap count uh, as, uh, as the season progresses. Has a sack in each game, and the Chiefs have won them all. So I don't think there's a more... Uh, uh, visible example of the of the importance of Chris Jones than looking at the standings and looking at his stat sheet. You know, to know that he has um, you know, contributed a big play in, in each of the games and Chiefs won them all. So, yeah, that that that's how important he, he is to the Chiefs. Everybody, including himself, was glad that it got settled when it did. I, I don't know what it what the ramifications are for the long term. Uh, uh, of Chris Jones in Kansas City. In fact, I, I would say chances are less than 50-50 that he continues to be achieved after mm-hmm. this year. But with him, this defense has played very well. And it's a, it's actually kind of ahead of the, the the curve when it comes to the evolution of, of a Steve Spagnolo, the defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. His defenses tend to improve as the season goes on. Well, if this one improves from this point, it's going to end up being a top three or five defense by the end of the year because they're already a top 10 defense with Chris Jones. They've played very well so far this season. So you think it's like 50-50 that he's a, a chief next next season? I, I do. I, I do. I, I just think it's going to – the way he's playing this year, um, I, I think a case can be made that he's the best at his position in the NFL and will demand to be paid like that. And I'm not sure the Chiefs are going to be able to do that mm-hmm. with their um, – uh, with their cap space for 2024, a lot could be worked out. A lot could happen before now, uh, before then. I mean, but it, it, I think it's 
it, it, it's going to be tough. I, um, I I would not be surprised if the if the Chiefs made a Tyree Kill type of trade mm. um, next off season, where they get back numerous draft picks for the service of, of Chris Jones, um, and, and I think somebody will be willing to pay uh, what um, you know for Chris Jones in that way. For sure. Blair Kirkhoff from the Kansas City Stars, our guest. Just a couple more for you, uh, Blair. And no team ever says we're looking ahead of the schedule. And, I mean, obviously it's uh, it's Denver tonight and uh, the Chargers next week and then Denver again. But um, are people really looking forward to the, the Week 9 game in Frankfurt uh, and kind of have it circled on the schedule against the Miami Dolphins in a big AFC matchup? They do. They are looking forward to that one. Um, for no doubt about it. It'll. Uh, we mentioned Tyreek Hill. It'll be the first time that Tyreek Hill will have played against his former team. Uh, the Dolphins have kind of replaced the Chiefs as the, uh, the the offensive standard in the NFL. They're 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 crazy good on on offense with Tua Tungavailoa and and uh, the wide receivers. So yeah, yeah, that's. You know, a storyline going into that week is why the game is being played in Germany. That's a Chiefs home game that they agreed to surrender to, um, you know, to move it to Europe. So, uh, so Chiefs lose the benefit of playing, uh, you know, in front of a home crowd. But, uh, but it'll be great theater, great drama, and you know, maybe looking at a, the importance of that game. Of course, would be uh, if it comes down to it, playoff positioning. Yeah, when you, when you play contenders like that, it's always it's always advantageous to mm-hmm. have the head-to-head victory. So if the if the Dolphins and the Chiefs end up with the same record at the end of the season, the winner of that game will have the you know have the have the playoff position advantage because of the the head-to-head encounter. So yeah, good, good thing for the Chiefs that the Chargers are the are, are between mm-hmm. that game. Uh, Chargers are still seen as the the biggest threat in the in the uh, AFC West. I don't think uh, there'll be any looking ahead for the Chiefs. The, the danger game, of course, would be Denver the following week, mm-hmm. especially if, the, if Kansas City handles business tonight in a, you know, in a way we we all expect. Um, play the Chargers, then go play at Denver before going out to Germany. That could be a little bit of a look ahead situation for the Chiefs. Was there a lot of head scratching? Might be the wrong term, but you know, to take a home game away at Arrowhead, where you know there's sellouts and sellouts and things like that, uh, to take for the league to do that. uh, Can you kind of take us through that process? Yeah, look, the the uh, the NFL wants to have every team play in London or Germany, uh, you know, as as they continue to increase their presence. In, in those places, and the Chiefs haven't played overseas since 2015. They, they played uh, in, in London then. Um, so just about every every team has played in Europe since then, and there are, I think it's four games in Europe. In fact, Jacksonville just played two, two. in a row yeah. in London, didn't come home. Um, and then there's a, there's a Patriots game in Germany the week before, the week after. I can't remember, but... So the number of games being played in Europe is is increasing, and so, which means nobody, you know, the, even the high, the the, the the biggest brands in the NFL, the Cowboys, the the Packers, the Steelers, um, they're all going to play over in Europe uh, in, in part of this rotation. And uh, Roger Goodell, the NFL commissioner, certainly wants to increase the the NFL presence uh, over overseas. So. Um, yeah, the, the, 
our feeling going into this season was they would take a lower profile uh, opponent mm-hmm. like um, the, the, maybe the, the Lions or the Bears um, and, and, and play that have that be the game in Germany because the East moved here in advance they'd be playing in Frankfurt they just didn't know the opponent until the NFL schedule was released in April it turned out to be the Dolphins and the Chiefs saw out all their home games so that it wasn't a matter of uh, of missing a home crowd they were going to miss a a home sellout anyway, but, um, but we, we thought it would, I, we didn't think it would be a bit the Miami game. There was so mm-hmm. much appeal for that one to be played here. We thought that would be a prime time game, uh, a Sunday night, a yeah. Sunday or, or a Monday night game. It turns out that game's going to kick off at 8.30 a.m. Yeah. Central time on, on, uh, uh, on that Sunday. Begs the question, is Blair Kirkhoff packing his bags for Frankfurt? <laughs> I'm going to miss that trip. Oh, oh I, I know, I know. I, 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 to be honest with you, we think it hasn't been announced, but we think the Chiefs are going to play in Germany again next year. They have a, they have now a marketing partnership with, uh, uh, with, with, with Germany. Sarah, um, like one of a handful of teams that have some kind of marketing partnership. And because they gave up a home game this year, they're going to be able to, um, you know, go over next year as an away team against an opponent, and uh, with a chance of that one being in Munich. I think Munich is going to uh, be a an NFL destination next year. So maybe maybe that's the one I'll, I'll get to. But uh, no Frankfurt for me. Oh man, you could have been checking out the Frankfurt Galaxy. You could have went a week earlier, uh, Blair, and checked out Oktoberfest. That's right. <laughs> How good would that have been? Oh, oh my God. You might not have made it to the game. <laughs> oh, you wouldn't have made it back. <laughs> hey, well, uh, thanks for this. Enjoy the, the game tonight. And uh, a lot of Chiefs fans up here north of the border in Edmonton, so we always keep an eye on them. Uh, thanks for this. Uh, have a great day. Enjoy the game tonight. Thank you. Great talking to you. That's Blair Kirkhoff from the Kansas City Star. And our pigskin report uh, brought to you by Mr. Lube. Be winter ready at Mr. Lube. Dot com. Well, uh, Duke, are we working on a couple things here? What's been shaken? You got anything in the any irons in the fire here coming home? I've uh, I've put the irons in the fire, but it's not looking like the gas is maybe turned on at the moment in the uh, into the pit. So, uh, <laughs> looks like a couple of our ideas, I guess, might be tabled for tomorrow. Hopefully, catch, uh, check in with some uh, some local folk and maybe get some baseball teed up heading into the weekend with a championship series and everything as well. But looks like it might just be uh, just the I, two just, of us. Are here. you going to play that song? Just Maybe I will over the next break here. You can make it if you try. I don't even can't remember who sings that song, but whatever. I mean, we got some more text to get in, lots with uh, oh, tons of pizza, tons of Oilers, tons of NHL. And, of course, I think we're going to talk a little Major League Baseball when we come back. It'll be the Duke and I on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. <laughs> well, uh, uh, Duke, I don't think – I don't know if we'll be building castles in the sky here, but uh, – West Edmonton Mall is busy already for the Edmonton Oilers autograph session tonight. Um, the former... Roshep Tebert. Connor Halley is on his way in for his shift coming up here with a Fantasy Frenzy uh, with the Duke at 11 o'clock and is, you know, he's wandering through the mall aimlessly. Connor Halley has uh, sent some uh, social media bowls out, some social bowls. The line for the Connor McDavid autographs. This is what happens when you are king of the city. Autographs don't start for, well, six hours or something like that. Five hours, 45 minutes. But um, 
this lineup, it looks like it's right in the Ice Palace, um, the picture. So pretty, I mean, this happens every year. We've done, again, working in TV for the last 25 years in town, we did, did this story every, every year because it, it's amazing how big the Oilers are in this city. It, it does I mean, blow me away. Like, I've never stood in line for autographs, I don't think for anybody. Um, and having not grown up like an Oilers fan, uh, obviously watching them a lot and, and being like a – you know, backgrounding fan. They're not my my team of choice in the NHL, but uh, living in Edmonton, the like it is feverish, and maybe it's dampened a little bit this morning after the game last night. But uh, I don't, th- I don't think that'll slow anybody down. Like after last night's game, nobody's. If they were planning on coming to the mall today, they're not going to come now just because of that result last night. Like that, that's no, not happening. No, no, no. They're. I mean, I remember when I got here in 1998 or so. And I thought, because I, I was working in Calgary, and I thought I was coming here to the the, the best sports town in Canada. Um, but I quickly realized in, in about three, four, five months' time, because, you know, it was I think it was September when I got here, that first and foremost, it's an Oilers town. Um, and that's no disrespect to back then the Eskimos or any other teams, you know, in town. Uh, then the other thing that I realized after that it's an Oilers town is the fact that it's um, a sports event town. Uh, you think of all the events that uh, Edmonton has hosted over the years, and you can go down the list all the way back to you know the Commonwealth Games back in 78, all through all the great soccer events that our city has put on, the, the championships. It's It goes on and on. The list is endless. Um, but the city gets behind these events and it might not be a mainstream um, sport or something that isn't always hockey. I mean, look at this summer. I mean, the, the FIBA three X three was a, uh, a great success downtown in ice district. Um, that was followed up uh, 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 right before it was the, uh, the beach volleyball world cha- uh, titles world uh, wasn't world championship, just a world tour event uh, for beach volleyball. So they brought in like tons and tons of sand, cleaned it up, put on the FIBA three X three tent, which was amazing. So you quickly realize how big of an event city that we are. So this does not surprise. I don't think anyone that people are lined up um Hours, seven hours. I think we're that. Well, I think it's six o'clock tonight. We'll have to get total time on that. Uh, Nicole, who you've been texting all morning. Uh, I don't know what that's all about, but uh, you and Nicole are kind of getting uh, going back and forth. Uh, Dry Sidle's line was about one hundred sixty deep at eight thirty in the morning. Um, then she's got pictures again, sending these out already. Uh, we ended up in line for Kane. There are about twenty of us right now. I mean. The pictures are just bizarre, uh, the amount. And then um, Connor Halley again sending in quite a few pictures to. <laughs> What's this one here about someone standing outside our studios? There's just another one. Uh, oh, <laughs> this has nothing to do with the Oilers lineup. Sorry. Ah, uh, there we go. Uh, text coming in one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. Do you have anything to say? about uh, the Oilers and uh, anything else regarding 
Oh, two days of the NHL. We're, we'll talk a little baseball here as well. Uh, this is an interesting one. Um, good morning, Kevin and Duke. Just wondering who you guys think is the best NHL player tipping shots. Do you agree that it's Pavelski or do you give some love to Smitty? What about Thomas Holmstrom? Well, it's kind of funny that Texter would send this in because right when uh, uh, we had Sayed Youssef from The Athletic from Dallas talking about the fact that he believes that it's Joe Pavelski, we both kind of said two or three. We lifted our fingers, Ladislav Schmid and I. And again, I think a, peop- a lot of people are have a, a you know an affinity and a love for Ryan Smith. I think if I were doing a list on the the best, I think Pavelski would be three, Smith would be two, and Thomas Holmstrom would be one. Even though I think Pavelski might have more goals, etc. But if on a pure tipper. And this is up for argument's sake. Maybe it is Ryan Smith. Maybe it is Joe Pavelski. When you talk to a lot of guys, Thomas Holmstrom does get a lot of love, for sure. Uh, Team Dean. Oh, just a cut. Another cut. Um, I don't know. You know, these guys have been getting piled on all morning, haven't they? He was just talking. This guy, uh, Team Dean is just sort of poking a jab or two at some players on the Oilers about the autograph session and things. But we are getting your texts. We appreciate them. Sometimes, yeah, you know, you got to give these guys a little bit of slack. Uh, Brad texts in, Bouchard gets beat one-on-one. Nurse is slow to the react again. Uh, brain cramps on defense from Brad. Well, that's kind of the goal we were talking about, the second goal. And we talked about that all morning with Laddie. And, and the fact Connor McDavid was late being back to force JT Miller, who made the pass and had a lot of time to make that pass. Um, Dirk. <laughs> uh, I love the, the parody. It's spelled P-A-R-O-D-Y. <laughs> the parody in NHL is slim in margins on any night. Uh, crap game, suck it up, move on. It's about effort as much as talent. Um, hmm. Didn't get this one here uh, from Lodge. Montreal's in a different position than Edmonton. Yes, you could script that. Toronto's on a mission from the get-go. Yes, we get that. DK sends a text in. Does Ekholm play Saturday? He hasn't played hockey since last May. Well, you would think he would have been close taking the morning skate yesterday. Maybe the extra four days helps him. Um, The Oilers go on a quick little two-game road trip to Nashville and Philly, I believe, next week. So... See what happens. Uh, again, when you're, there's no rush to get him back uh, to to further some sort of other injury. But uh, I think everyone agrees the fact that yes, the Oilers are a much better team with Matthias Ekholm on defense. We all get that. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, here we go. I'm not worried. We are finishing the season 81 and one. Just had to get that one loss out of the way. <laughs> Uh, SKS, the lineup has started for Connor already, and they've got the, uh, what do you call those airplane things with the, you know, you pull the thing to line up in, in a maze. What are they called, Duke? Like the, tur- well, not turnstiles you go through, no. but like the, the rope. Like Yeah, the, but the, they're the It's little, not a velvet rope, but it's yeah, the you, same idea. It's Yeah, it's, we're not talking about the, the velvet fog here, <laughs> Mel Torme. <laughs> those, you know, you got them in the airport. What's the name of them? I, I don't, don't know. know. What are those called? Well, you pull the thing out. They had them at the Pizza Pig out yeah, last yeah. night. Well, so you pull the thing and there's a like a long... 
like a line that's you, uh, you pull them out and vinyl they like line clip, they, they clip, clip on it's another almost one. like a seatbelt but instead yes. of like clicking in it just kind of latches so you, yeah you got all those like the black pylons and each one connects it's like i have no idea what those are there's got to be called. what is the name yeah there's got to be a construction a texter uh, yeah, you know what those are guy. actually called partition us. do you mean a partition no well a partition's like a wall yeah i don't know that comes from cat dad yeah. uh hey let's talk about baseball for i don't know 10 minutes um I think the story so far is Arizona, for sure. Knocked off the L.A. Dodgers. Uh, the Dodgers uh, finished 16 wins ahead of uh, Arizona in the uh, regular season. Swept. the. All of a sudden, Arizona is finding a power surge that the Diamondbacks have never had before. In three games, in um, in three game segments this year, all the entirety of the year, in three game segments, they'd never hit more than seven home runs. In, in a three-game segment, the, the Diamondbacks. In the three-game series with the Dodgers, nine games. Hey, look, look who just entered the studio. It's the former... Uh, Ross Shep T-Bird. Connor Halley, yeah. How many pictures did you take, Connor, of them all? Not five. Enough. He took five pictures. He's saying, wow. Can you find out what those things are that you took, uh, the, the partition things? Connor could just take a close-up picture of me, zip down to the... Connor McDavid uh, autograph session and take some pictures on it. Uh, anyway, nine home runs in three games for Arizona. Um, four last night, back to back in to one back inning. in one inning. Four solo yeah, shots. Four solo shots, all off of uh, Lance Lynn. Think about the season you had if you're Lance Lynn. So you 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 were. I don't. Do you call? And we've said the word today, so I don't mind saying it again. <sighs> In your fantasy baseball, or like I've been in a couple of roto baseball leagues, if a guy in baseball doesn't do his job, we call him a pig. It's that simple. He's been a pig. Well, in Chicago, Lance Lynn was a pig. There's no question about it. For the White Sox, gets traded to the Dodgers, massive. Like, I mean, you can't ask for a better landing spot. And then last night, just absolutely obliterated, gets yanked. Uh, I believe the starter ERA for the Dodgers in the series is 25. By far the highest in any series in the history of baseball. Can that be correct? I'll pull the full stat, but it wouldn't surprise me. Look at what Kershaw did. He lasted, what, a third of an inning? Yeah. um, Giving up a bunch. Uh, Lynn went two and two-thirds last night, giving up four on six hits. It's, It's like the Dodgers are... Obviously, they won the World Series uh, a few years yeah. back. Um, if it was if, during the COVID year, I believe, um, which some people put an asterisk on. I, I'm not going to do that. It's a World Series championship every <laughs> every which way. But the Dodgers, obviously, they have the giant payroll. They're going to field a very competitive team every year. But in this elimination game, we talked about it earlier this week, Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, they both go over 4 in this game yeah. um, yesterday, last night. And I mean, the Dodgers, they were down 4 nothing early. They, they tacked on a couple runs. Um, I think it was in the fifth or something to make it 4-2. And it looked like they might have some life. But man, the D-backs pitching staff, it's pretty impressive, actually, what they've been able to do. They used seven or six guys last night, their starter, um, only going to four and a third. And then like, just just pass the baton. Give it to the next guy. You don't necessarily need need hero ball. Maybe you do later in the postseason when you're up against some really, really good opponents. Uh, say it, whether it be the Phillies or Braves here in the championship series. But 
when the time comes, there's nothing wrong with just passing the baton down the line and uh, making it a team effort to accomplish your goal. And that's exactly what the Diamondbacks have done so far. It's been the whole lineup, the whole pitching staff, uh, and all of a sudden they're in the uh, NLD, uh, NLCS. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to... Um let our listeners know about what these things are called. So a couple of people of RLF says it's a retractable belt barrier. Walter calls it stanchions. Uh, Greg, the writer fan says stanchions, retractable stanchions from Mike. So it's, I like the retractable belt barrier from RLF. I mean, I, that sounds stanchion right. to me is the you know the piece of it's uh, fixed. Be- well, it's between a plexiglass, like they call that a stanchion. Yeah, that's Same true. Between, so it's it's kind of like in between. These things are they're portable, man. You're moving them everywhere. I, I think retractable belt barrier. Oh, yeah, that I like sounds R- good. RLF for sure. And, I mean, then there's retractable stanchions for Mike. I mean, that makes sense. But yeah, yeah. The, just the name stanchions it immediately takes your mind to a hockey mm-hmm. rink. So I think retractable belt barrier. That's what I'm going with moving forward. Uh, this is a great uh, text uh, coming in again. Uh, throw your name on here so we can tell you, tell everyone who did it. Uh, this is the same one about Pavelski and Holmstrom. So, uh, hey, Kevin, I remember being a teenager and going to the Carnival of Champions to get some autographs. And when I got to Marty McSorley, I asked him if he could please fight Bob Probert one more time. He kind of chuckled and then asked me, would I rather see him fight Probert or score 50 goals? I replied, Let's be realistic. You aren't scoring 50 goals. Oh, man, did he and the other Oilers at his table laugh. Uh, you know, the the Carnival of Champions, it's way before your time, Duke. But this was a big thing for Edmonton. And this brought the players and uh, from both the Eskimos at the time and all the Oilers at the time in the 80s and things like that, they brought them together for a good cause. Now, it was basically Glenn Sather's wife, Anne, and, and Hugh Campbell's uh, wife that kind of organized it all to bring everything together. And it was really a great thing for our city. Man, wouldn't it be awesome to bring that back? I don't know if it's ever possible, but it was a great, great thing for our city. Uh, a human cattle herder is another one. We had this one texter send us a, a link to it. So from this website called Stanchions Canada, crowd control barrier belt stanchion. He's got to be buy right. one for $68. That you can change great. what color you want the belt to be. Wow, this is... Hey, that's a high price. We should get into that. This is almost as like you could make about as much money off these as you could with fantasy curling. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're right in there, I man. Did, I, I was talking to JR yesterday. Didn't even get a chance to run it by her. She's off to Portugal today. Oh, it's for curling. Yeah, I'm sure. Big curling <laughs> crowd in uh, Portugal. Oh, man. Uh, this is getting off the rails again. Uh, we got to take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we'll wrap things up with the Duke of Delburn on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right. Welcome back to the big program. Kind of funny. We were just talking about the Dodgers uh, starters and a little sociable came over. Clayton Kershaw, as you mentioned, one-third of an inning pitched, six Ernie's. Bobby Miller, 1.2 innings pitched, three earned runs. And then last night, Lance Lynn, 2.2 innings, four earned runs. So 0-3 they go, the starters, with an ERA of 25.07. You know, I'm not sure, but I don't think you can win too many games with that. Is that possible? (laughs) <laughs> what's what's harder to win a baseball series? Having your starting pitchers a combined ERA of over 25 or scoring one run 
on nine hits through two games. That's that's what they call a recipe for disaster. Yeah. So basically, yeah. What, what's what's less likely to yield success? The uh, the Blue Jays approach or the Dodgers approach? Well, I mean, I mean the Dodgers I, won one series, or no, they didn't. I no, guess they because uh, yeah. they were they had the buy. So. Um, I just think when you're sitting down and you're drawing up your game plan, I don't think you're kind of looking at either one. You're not accounting for either yeah. of those things to uh, come to fruition. You're not thinking that you're going to lose on opening night 8-1 with, <laughs> you know, uh, three for 14 power play by the opposition and a one for seven by yourself and uh, yada, yada. I've Out of all the texts that we get in, and we get a lot of, t- I can't believe it, we've said this right from day one, this retractable crowd control is getting tons <laughs> of traffic so jamie says it's the correct industry term is retractable crowd control stanchion um that sounds right as well i think people could have texted and basically said anything as long as like as long as it sounds right to me then i'll believe it and the fact that this one texter who did not uh well this one from mike they act or he actually sent the link with it that there there's some all these people that love to text us and say darnell nurse is terrible Evan Bouchard is terrible. Bring some actual data, some stats to back up those claims, and I'll believe you as much as I believe Mike, who just sent me a link to tell me what the name of a crowd control barrier (laughs) belt stanchion is. Um, OEG sending out a, a news release this morning saying that the Beaches, the Canadian rock band, will be playing prior to the Heritage Classic. Do you know the beaches? Or do we play any songs about them coming? Uh, up? We we don't. Uh, maybe I'll throw one in. Uh, do you know? Have you listened to them? I, I've heard of. I okay. don't listen to them regularly, but I do. I am familiar with them. Um, I, the the name itself it doesn't necessarily directly correlate with I think what the weather is going to be like mm-hmm. um, that at that time. But uh, maybe it'll have people you know dreaming of warmer days. But yeah, they got some good beats. It should get the crowd in a a nice fun upbeat mood heading into the game. Okay. Well, and as we know. Nickelback is performing during the second intermission. So what would be, what would I tell you? What if I said, Duke, I can get my good buddy Chad Kroger on to come in studio on the Friday? Like, you know, seeing we have such a rich history and <laughs> we're, we're tight. We're tight. Yeah. After our stage 13 experience 20 odd years ago, 24 years ago. Chad, what are you thinking? Can you come in, sit in here, talk about the old times? He's, uh, I, I'm pretty sure he's a big sports guy. Oh, for sure he I is. I mean, growing There's, up in Alberta, how can you not be? I, I mean, guess? the other thing too is, and there, there's another thing. They had a bunch of stuff um, in Hannah where they're from, Nickelback. Um, a lot of their, they had like posters and they had things around town about them. And they had, um, I don't know what to call it. See, you know, maybe like not murals or things like that, but they had a bunch of pictures and stuff on them hanging around town. Well, I think over the years, that, um, you know, the weather, things like that, um, you know, just kind of have taken degraded, their toll. degraded these photos and it just doesn't look good and stuff like that. So I think a lot of people down in Hannah sort of try to rebuild them and do like that. Um, the, the other, uh, Lanny McDonald, I mean, that's the thing from Hannah, right? So those would be the two most popular, influential people from Hannah, I guess you could say. Um, texts keep coming in for, from all all around about these stanchions. It's quite interesting. And as you said, um, I can't believe how much they cost. <laughs> like, okay, some of them are on sale here, but I mean, they're, I guess 90 bucks or so. 
Average price. Average, I guess, 90 bucks. I, I was looking at that one that was over 100 so... Well, uh, interesting night last night. Uh, Oilers lose 8-1. Uh, that's where we started. We'll wrap it up with that. It was the worst opening uh, loss of the season on the uh, season opener since uh, 1991 when Calgary defeated the Oilers by a score of 9-2. So basically um, the same kind of thing. Uh, probably an overreaction by all fans and everyone's so passionate about this team. They, uh, as we always say, we get tons and tons of texts uh, when the team does well or when you're excited about them. We get the same amount when things don't go as well. Uh, JT Miller, I believe, had five points. Uh, Brock Besser, first career four-goal game. Um, I thought Elias Pettersson was the best player on the ice, even ahead of those guys who had more points uh, than than him. Oilers with a day off today. They will all they'll probably come to the mall here in about seven hours for the autograph session. People are lined up already. Coach Jay Woodcroft will hold a media availability in the Oilers Hall of Fame room uh, just after noon. So we will uh, head down there and see what the coach has to say. Oilers will be back at practice tomorrow. Then uh, the Vancouver Canucks will pay the return visit for an 8 o'clock start on Saturday. And keep in mind, the Duke and I will be at Century Casino Sports Bar at Century Casino on Fort Road at 13103 Fort Road. Jeff Nicholas, don't show up last night. Show up on Saturday. It starts at about 8 p.m. You can join the Duke and I and check in the watch party. Uh, We've got tons of prizes on site to win. And one of the coolest ones is the uh, Zamboni cooler. And I think this thing drives around. It's got beer in it. You can take it to, you know, in your living room. and It'll just keep going around the horn and... uh, dropping beers off to all your friends and things like that. So you can go to uh, sports1440.ca for more information on that. But hopefully we'll see everybody at Century Casino for the uh, home opener watch party on Saturday night at Century Casino Sports Bar. I want to thank all of our guests today. Uh, Helene St. James from the Detroit Free Press uh, joined us to talk about uh, the Wings and their uh, season opener tonight against the New Jersey Devils. Um, Ladislav Schmid, our co-host from 8 to 10 every Thursday. And man, he's probably just wolfing down the Zaw right now, just pounding it. I'll be honest, Kevin. We, You and I were at yeah. Pizza Pig Out last night. After having that conversation with Laddie, I kind of want to get more pizza oh. to, for supper tonight. Oh. But I got so much turkey and ham left, it's not in the, <laughs> it's not in the cards. <laughs> so you think you did about a dozen pieces last night? No, I, th- I think I maybe seven or eight. Why is it every time I looked at your plate, it was full? I'm a slow eater. No, no. I and think... I, I only grab like two pieces at a time. I saw four oh, okay. at the very okay. beginning. Uh, Mark Spector on the mark for Booster Juice uh, out of Vancouver. Specs on his way back and he'll be here tomorrow uh, at 8 o'clock. Frank Saravalli heading to the Phillies game tonight. Uh, man, that is, uh, that's must-watch TV tonight. Phillies and Braves game number four. Phillies with a chance to move on to the NLCS where they would play Arizona. Sayad Youssef from the uh, Athletic uh, covers the Dallas Stars was our guest at 9 o'clock. And Blair Kirkhoff from the Kansas City Star checked in to address tonight's Thursday night football game between Denver and the Chiefs. Tomorrow morning, uh, bright and early 7 o'clock, our Friday co-host Fast Eddie Steele will be with us in the Sports 1440 studios. Coming up at the top of the hour is Fantasy Frenzy with... The former Ross Shep T-Bird. Connor Halley and the Duke of Delburn, Brandon Douglas. At noon to 2, it'll be the lowdown with Low Tide and Freddy Krueger. And then at 2 o'clock to 6, taking you home here on Sports 1440 is the Jason Greger Show. 
Thanks, everybody, for listening this morning. We will see you bright and early tomorrow morning at 7. Have a wonderful Thursday, and we'll see you in the morning.